You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Charles Traub. Charles, thanks so much for being with me today. I'm delighted to talk with you and uh, pleased to be invited. Charles, I want to talk about your work, uh, current and, and possibly past, and your, and, your, and your history. We're talking on September 15th in 2021, and this is a a uh, pretty unusual past year we've had, uh, I, I imagine, you know, for, for educators, of course, but also um, for artists. Uh, so to begin with that, we could talk about a current project, but I'm, I'm also always interested in, yeah, how did you manage in the last year? Well, uh, I wear two hats seemingly at the same time, if that's possible. Uh, I am a chairperson and educator of the graduate program at School of Visual Arts, uh, in photography, video, and related media. And I am a photographer, an artist, uh, and I have been such for, oh, I guess, in one way or another, 52 years. Um, and I've been at SVA, as it happens, uh, 35. Um, like everyone, uh, every day sort of seemed like we're going to have to readapt, and we are still readapting. Uh, to COVID and to the politics of the last four years and climate change, all the things that are going on. And we went online over the past number of years. And I was pretty landbound, if you will, to New York City itself. I really didn't go anywhere except for a little fishing trip. Um, and I photographed quite, quite regularly uh, for the last couple of years, I have been using my iPhone exclusively and um, sort of documenting, not documenting isn't the right word, just recording, if you will, my passages here, there, and everywhere, sauntering through anything that I encountered uh, with, you know, some things from abroad and other places that I worked in over the last number of years. And I just published a book called Tickety Boo, um, uh, yeah, 208 pictures made with a cell phone, and it's out actually today. It's the publishing date, oddly enough. And um, I don't know if you know the term Tickety Boo, but it means it's a British term that came from the Indian Raj period. It means okay, but underneath it is, well, maybe not. So if I say Brandon, how are you? You say, tickety-boo. But in fact, you might have a slight hesitancy. And the pictures are, are just about that. Everything isn't okay. And uh, it's about the politics, the social intercourse of our time. Uh, nothing, everything spontaneous in the pictures. Everything is um, kind of a narrative, if you will. It, there's no text in it. It's just a very minimum uh, one-line sentence. And uh, you go through it in a kind of passage through various themes, uh, mostly which reflect and are created out of my concern, my feelings, my emotions about the times we're in. And I keep that up, and I think I use the cell phone. I have other very expensive and larger cameras because it's there with me all the time to keep a uh, a diary of my passing through <laughs> culture, if you will. And, and in the same time, I'm 
organizing a big department of graduate students, and they equally over the past year have really knuckled down to their, their own limitations, the limitations enforced by being online and uh, having to find new ways to express themselves and new ways to use technology to be creative. Um, by the way, our thesis show opens next week, and the people who graduated this past uh, spring and uh, it's rather remarkable work uh, made under the, I think, great duress in these most delirious times. And uh, I'm in charge of supervising them and about 35 faculty members uh, you know, one way or another. And I live in an environment that I, I walk to school every day and uh, I live close. And I live in an environment of creativity, which sparks my own, I have to say. And young and people, he, energized people, and a great faculty that are my friends and colleagues as well. And um, yeah, that's that's so interesting to hear that 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 show is coming together. And how will that show be exhibited? Will this be online? Will well, it be physically <laughs> in SVA? Or? Well, you can go to the department website and you'll get a good glimpse of it. But it is going to open in the SVA galleries on Twenty Sixth Street in the Starrett Lehigh Building, uh, though. Access is limited. You have to be vaccinated. You have to wear a mask. And you can come anytime, you know, through five days a week from 11, uh, I think 11 to 5. And uh, we are going to have a walkthrough on the uh, 26th. Think people can go to the website and see our event, right? We can have about 75 people in that gallery at any given time. So we're going to do a number of walkthroughs, which will be posted. We are we are limited, uh, for sure. Normally we have you know 500 people at an open, so we're just going to have walkthroughs, you know, three or four for 75 people who register. And this is and, and this uh, is the, um, the MFA department. Yeah, that, the, M the, the MFA the, photography, the, the graduate program, which which you which you developed uh, for right, for I developed right, in, in '88, uh, and indeed as a, a digital program. Uh, we started digitally. We had, of course, analog things as well. But our vision was to to embrace everything that was digital that we could at that time. And I think we made the right decision. People are very savvy. And, um, I believe wholeheartedly in the digital image-making process and all of its relationship to all, all the plastic arts. So, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, it's, it's you know... Yeah. I've interviewed a number of photographers, and some are using both, uh, you know, digital and analog processes. And um, but I mean, you're using you're using your phone predominantly, and you're you're a photographer yeah. that's been in the dark room probably for you know, at least <laughs> half your life. You've you've yeah. used large format of all types, and and you know, I'm a, a big fan of photography in general. Not a photographer uh, in that mm -hmm. sense, but uh, but you know, large format photography uh, you know, has something has a special quality of its of its own. And so um, I guess the, the question I want to ask is you've embraced everything digital through the program and also in your, in your own work. Um, is there anything you miss about analog photography? Is there anything that's kind of missing? I mean, I'd like to talk about the advantages of digital work well, too, but, but there was a time you could sit in the dark room and smoke a, a cigarette or a cigar and, 
you know, listen to good music and you sort of be alone and, you know, also be intoxicated by your own smoke and uh, the fumes of, of the dark room. And, <laughs> right. you know, it was sort of a, uh, a a kind of lost nostalgia that I have for that. Happily, must say, I'm very glad I'm not doing it. Um, I think that, and, and there will be somebody out there who will yell and scream when I say that. I don't think there's anything that can be done with really with a large format camera that can't be done with a digital camera, which can be very expensive uh, also with a, you know, a large pack. Um, and ultimately, almost everything that is done at along still has to be processed digitally in order to uh, make a print or, you know, that people are making, you know, digital digital prints from analog film. And my feeling is that it, it's great to be able to be in the light. <laughs> it's great to see what you're doing right away and to edit it as, as quickly as possible. And um, the digital printing and uh, algorithms are allowing us to do all kinds of wonderful high-resolution things. There's a slight difference in, in the kind of surface of things, but I think it, 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 it's a hang-up if one says, oh, I have to have that. You know, it's like, okay, I, you know, daguerreotypes have a certain surface and uh, a Buman print or, you know, when... Silver was right, or these, or, a, or these platinum print. palladium prints on, on hand-coded yeah, right. paper with, yeah, with a large and, format negative, like an 8x10 negative as right. its own. Yeah. And even, even when I, I worked with uh, good Agba paper back in the late 60s and 70s, uh, you know, when they took the silver out, it wasn't the same, you know. So, and mm. there's remarkable things you can do. You, and to be a good digital printer, by the way, takes as much skill and as much time and practice and craft as anything that an analog uh, printer would do. Uh, you know, it's easy to make a, a print, but to really make a zinger, if, if you will, out of the subject that's before you, it, it takes practice and it takes uh, aesthetic judgment and uh, an understanding of, of what you really want as a creative person making the image. Uh, the other facet of it is that you can review your work very quick and learn from that immediate review what to do next. And uh, if you don't, if you're indiscriminate and you don't deal with editing and, and organization and learning how to see, which you know, um, a camera on a tripod, whether it's digital or not, will help you do, or at least learn in your beginning stages. Uh, but, you know, all the same problems exist in digital. You have to learn to see. You have to learn to compose. You have to learn what the camera sees and how it sees it. I don't know if that answers your question, but... <laughs> no, it, 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 does, it, does, it does in part. That makes sense. So, but there's also the tools that you have available to you, right? You know, which, which I imagine... Uh, perhaps there's even more uh, with the digital process. And let's take the iPhone that you're using. And, you know, yeah. previously with large format, you had there was a lot you could do to manipulate uh, perspective and space. With an, with an iPhone, do you find that same flexibility adjusting, you know, uh, yeah, you have, well, aperture, to, everything? But, and, yeah. yeah, you can, depending how you use it and, you know, what uh, app you're using and, uh, 
you can do an awful lot of distortion correction and depth of field correction. I mean, it, I actually don't. Well, I do pay a degree of it, but I actually, you know, I sort of usually work from what the camera sees when I snap the picture. But I kind of know after a great deal of practice what it is that the iPhone is going to see and how it's going to render it. But yeah, there are corrections that I make often quite quite immediately if I like the image. Um, or sometimes, you know, I'm out there shooting and I, an hour later I can sit down and work on it. And I, most of these pictures were posted uh, throughout the last four years in one place, or, you know, in Instagram actually. Uh, and, and rather immediately. So I'm, I'm yeah, in a I mean, dialogue I mean, the with the real world. Yeah, I mean, and the, <laughs> I, I, we, we made some, I mean, one of the advantages I have at SVA is I have terrific equipment, terrific printers, and I'm around people who are immensely knowledgeable about what can be done and can't be done and guiding me and helping me really produce beautiful prints. But many times I've never printed any of these pictures except for the file that goes to the printer, to the uh, you know the book printer. And, um, and let's and, talk about uh, the books because because that's a big part of what you sure. do. You 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 produce yeah. an enormous amount of books and and to talk about your a book of your work like the one that's just coming out. Um, uh, I forgot the name of it already because it's a hard word to, to remember. Tickety boo. Tickety, <laughs> tickety boo. So tell me a little bit about that. I, I'd love to know about the content in there, but also how these are produced. It seems you produce them through, through, different, through different means. Um, are these just uh, – these are books that, that you publish and edit on your own. Uh, uh, is that the case, or, or well, is it done through someone else? some of the books were, were – were, um, some of my recent books, I have a lot, were produced uh, with, you know, a regular – a very fine digital camera, uh, the Sony and uh, other digital cameras, Canon, so on, as opposed to an iPhone. And uh, I worked with a designer on at least four of the re uh, recent books, uh, David, the late David Shore, who um, died uh, just before we were going to print on my book, uh, uh, Um David was a, wonder, was a wonderful illustrator and uh, a painter and, and etcher in his own right who actually graduated from Yale uh, Graduate School and was the, a principal person in the Wesleyan Art Department for many, many years. Uh, so I have worked with designers. I, I, uh, any number of designers I've worked with. Malcolm Greer from RISI way back in the day. Uh, the last, this last book, I actually sequenced and designed uh, myself with with a, a, a assistant, Blake Ogden. We worked through many iterations of the sequencing and eliminating, putting things. On. We we do, by the way, analog put things on the wall, just you know, quick laser prints of things, in order to see what they look like in sequence, and then and then we move them around, and then we make some kind of good 8 by 10 quick prints and do it again. And then we go to the computer to InDesign, move things around. And um, it's a slow process, actually. That's, that's part of Well, I mean, you couldn't do all of that in, in the old analog days. When you had right. This, this is also a digital process, which is, which is <laughs> right. why I want to talk about it. I mean, that, that, 
and and everybody make it has a book, to, especially a full of images. Right. Yeah, I mean it, it, the advantage of you can, and then you can, and I did this. Then you can send it out to one of the on-demand, you know, digital printers, and get up, get a maquette back that looks almost like what you think it should look like, and then you make corrections again. And that that's so inexpensive to do that. So, you know, for this book, I think we got a facsimile that was about two hundred dollars. And we looked at it, and we ripped it up, and tore it apart, and went back. That's where uh, editing, photography is always about editing at every stage, as far as I'm concerned, at least the kind of photography I do. You, you mm -hmm. select what, not what to put in, as a painter would do, but what to leave out in the picture, in the framing of it, and in, in the relationship of it, and composition, and then when you lay it out on the table, and you look at it and see what you did last year on this same kind of thing, you see your relationship, and you make a sequence, and then you edit and keep editing. But the digital world has facilitated that in a remarkable way because you can make those bits really quick. You see a difference? You want to see what a spread looks like? You just go right back to InDesign and print it out. And, uh, that's just, it is that's a remarkably remarkable. quick process. Yeah, and um, and, and so let's talk about right, it's right. It's, 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 it's because it can get out so quick. So let's talk about that recent right. book. There'll be a link to it here, so people can uh -huh. well, um, can you. look at it or get it. Your your uh, so then so then it's available online. This is this is a print edition, right? You can't you can't a digital edition isn't available of the book, is no, it? There, no, there, no, there isn't. Um, I did do uh, several years ago five years ago, a book called No Perfect Heroes, Photographing Grant. It was about U.S. Grant. And his yeah, let's talk, we'll talk about that because that was really an interactive book. That was a whole other... That's uh, right. Boy, you did your homework. Thank you. Uh, it was interactive with a, uh, a reader, Ado Ballerini, who is considered the voice of God, the most in-demand reader of... of literature. Uh, everybody, wanted, there was a big article about him in the Sunday Times last summer in the magazine section. Uh, he read excerpts from Grant's memoirs, which is considered to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, nonfiction writing in the 19th century by no less than Virginia Woolf and Hemingway. Matthew Arnold, whatever. And there's text in the book. There's there's voice reading, and then there are pictures that I made throughout a couple of years. Travel to all the sites that Grant uh, that reflect Grant's life. And, uh, it went. It's an i it's an iBook. It's available for free, by the way. Um, and anybody can write me, and I'll send it to them or my email. Uh, I did it because I think Grant was a great figure in American history who was maligned by the Lost Cause movement and um, who turns out to be probably our greatest general of, of all time and uh, a wonderful, humble, and remarkable uh, writer, a remarkable general, and, and turns out a, a rather wonderful president, uh, though he had always been at the bottom of the, of the heap uh, for the wrong reasons and uh, he's risen, you know, very high in the judgment of historians. Uh, and his 
tale, the tale of Grant, is is almost like a Horatio Alger story. He came from humble background, uh, was destitute, really destitute at the beginning of the Civil War, and and rose to general of the army. (laughs) And uh, we would not have probably defeated the Confederacy without him. And uh, that was an experiment. And frankly, it, it, it didn't do as well as I had hoped because the photography community wasn't you know, quite interested in the historical part. And the history people weren't so interested in the uh, photography part. You know, the Civil War books are the largest selling books in, in the U.S. They're more published about Civil War than anything about it, it oh, that's interesting. I didn't. I didn't know that. That's, yeah, that's I know a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, I learned it the hard way. <laughs> the <competition laughs> but there was there were hardly any photographs, uh, photographic contemporary, as fine art will call it, which is a term I hate of, of that nature. And, um, I think it's a pretty. I hope you'll look at it, and uh, I hope the audience will look at it because it, it, and, and it the is audience, a very simple yeah, way it, to make it, a book. And, and, and the audience never been look, that, that right. sounds like a very complicated way to make a book, actually, with all the interactivity. But, 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 uh, but for the audience to any listeners to get this book, they have to send you an email, or is there a link that they can uh, that uh, we can if, put in here? For to, them as well? Let's see, what's the link? Um, well, you don't have to spell out the link email, now. I'll, I'll have it in the interview. Actually, it's in it's in my uh, in my email on, on your website address. Yeah. And, okay. um, but, but anybody can write me, and I'll send it to them. And uh, Okay, well, we'll, we'll put a link in the interview yeah, if, sure. if we can. So, I, I think um, it's a form that photographers and other visual artists really need to, to think about because you are, and, and I know you have combined many media together in your own work, it is a way to combine and make a new narrative that you could make otherwise. Uh, it was a little complicated to some of the back-end program which we had to hire somebody to do. But all that's getting easier, too. I mean, and, uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, it, it, the one thing about the digital world, what was once expensive and complicated does get simpler because they invent something new that's harder and more energetic, <laughs> and right. keeping up is never easy. So, But uh, that's and, our time. And so, you know, that the, the book No Perfect Heroes, of course, had this you know, very specific narrative and content and, and it was quite dissimilar from what, you're, what just came out with the iPhone. That you're can you exactly talk, can, right. can, can, So can you talk about the content in, the, in, this, in the iPhone New book, book. If possible? Uh, what, yeah. what, what are these well, that, images about or of? Because it was all during the pandemic that these have been taken, right? Yeah, well, and, just, and before, but in, more or less in the Trump years. Um, I'm glad you asked that question because it, it, I think that the, the grant, No Perfect Heroes, was a project uh, that I set out with some deliberate, deliberateness to do and, and traveling you know, throughout the country to various sites. Um, and I have done other project-related photographic works, and I think most artists sort of start, we come up with an idea and it becomes a project. I think the, the tickety-boo is really uh, a kind of uh, Joycean train of thought or train of seeing that happens just, you know, um, as I I see something that interests me, 
or stimulates me or or that just catches my attention and I photograph it without really considering is this part of something or not and it was very liberating the iPhone is very lip or smartphone it's very liberating in that way it does allow you to sort of spontaneously react and I think that though the reaction is inevitably in somebody like me who's been photographing as long as I have is indeed a, a reflection or a conglomerate of all the things I know about image making, about art, about the world and how I feel about it and whatever. Is it a deliberate connection to that? No, it's a subconscious one. It, but it's a train of train of thought. It's a train of seeing. And after I had actually again digitally I just amassed all these images I had made on the iPhone and this sort of printed them out on a laser printer and I saw I began to see themes coming out of it and so in it and then I organized those themes through the process of editing and eliminating and you know reconstructing a, a narrative and I think I've, I'm at a point in my life where I'm free, in a sense, not to have to do a project, but free to act on my instincts uh, without having it to add up to something already predetermined or hopefully predetermined. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does. It uh, does, and 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 so when when you, when you look back on this and you look and you look through that book, it sounds like there's different themes throughout the book uh, but I would think that just using the iPhone itself is giving you a um, access to a different kind of uh, different kind of eye or vision for lack of a better word because of it right. of its lightness its its immediacy so uh, you know it's almost like a like, like, no like one a or a street photographer right right, right. well no one objects no one because objects. they don't even know they're I think you're looking at I think you're looking at yourself or making a selfie or or, you know, if you say, oh, I want to take your picture, I love the, where you're standing, they don't care, it's an iPhone. You know, if you did it with an 8x10 or a Rolleiflex or even a Leica, you know, oh, well, that must be a professional. <laughs> right. You know, or that, you know, I don't want my picture taken. But somehow with an iPhone, it's perfectly permissible to, no one cares. And, and in fact, they're flattered. And generally, I've found that to be true in my own work as I've, I've done. Um, I have to say, you used the term street photography. That, that is kind of a, a term that I, I really object to because it, it it's almost as if street photography is anything that's quick, instant, or or uh, decisive moment. And you know, I don't use it that term because look I, I photograph in the car I photograph in rooms I photograph here there anywhere uh, I you know just being on the street is not uh, correct in terms of defining how I work and, and how many many people work who, who are labeled street photographers um, it's too limiting a term as in fact many of these terms fine art photography or, or conceptual photography or installation I don't know what those terms really mean because there's always exceptions and whoever labels themselves that way or others is missing may often you know the broader reach of, of the work itself 
And I think we have to be careful about those kind of labels. Um, you maybe right now you would call me an iPhone photographer. No, glad you did. Smartphone photographer. Because, because, <laughs> no, because the labels are, 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 you know, yeah, they're generalizing. And, yeah, and, and, and what does that really mean anymore? Um, yeah, yeah exactly. but it's, yeah, that's, 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 and it, it, it is, though, part of it, it seems, part of, like, what you're, what you're making that, as you're saying, the iPhone gives you access in a way that you didn't have before, or maybe not access. Right. That's, the, that's the wrong word. But rather than setting up a camera, you're out on the world with a phone like everyone else. And, and for some reason, that makes you a little less visible almost to the public, which gives you I think that's right. something else. I think that's right. yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Mm -hmm. um, and um, <laughs> you, 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 it's so quick and it's so smart in it. And I think there's an article in the Times it's a, today or something, or maybe it's in the uh, Wall Street Journal. We may not be able to produce a new technology that's any smarter than, than our contemporary uh, smartphones, uh, that, that they're remarkably smart. <laughs> you know, we may make something parallel, but that, that they're, they're really remarkable things. And yes, they're, they're full of, of things that can distress us, uh, you know, our preoccupation with them and going online. But in general, I think an intelligent person using them for intelligence uh, can really uh, be enhanced. And then, you know, in all kinds of ways, from information to whatever we do or to our need to reach out to others and connect. And the other thing is, Remember, you take a picture of somebody and they say, did you take my picture? Yeah, I took your picture. You want to see it? I show it to them. They say, can I have it? Yeah, sure, but your email. Boom. <laughs> that makes a difference too, you know. Uh, not that every all my pictures are about people, but, um, oh, that's my dog you photographed. Can I, can I get a picture of it? Yeah. Uh, sure. I'll it's so true. But, well, it also seems that, that the technology of the, of especially the iPhone, um, is, is, is allowing new tools, is providing new tools uh, that that can make photography also um, expand in other directions. And, and what I mean is, I mean, just specifically, I was watching the Apple new phone uh, kind of presentation yesterday, and mm -hmm. it was remarkable the things it was doing. And they were talking about, you know, uh, film applications and how it can rack focus. And not only can right. it rack focus and change focus, but it can it can decide when to rack focus. So you're looking, you're looking at a scene of, of somebody on the left. Let's say it's, a, it's, it's you looking at the camera. When you look behind you at the shelf behind you, it'll rack focus behind you because it knows you're looking that way. And, you know, they were talking about something in, in, in photography and video that's called computational uh, something or other, photography, where Image, right. it's computational. It, that's the right word. It, that it's making like millions of computations, you know, instantly almost to to determine how the picture should be should be um, handled to some degree. Which of course you have also all this control over. But that feels like, and, and maybe this has been building for a while. You would know more than me. But that struck me as a whole new world as kind of computational photography, where all these all these kind of uh, mathematical decisions are being made when an image is being essentially right. scanned by the iPhone and then, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, it comes back to, okay, what are you going to edit? Are you going to edit 
this option or that option. Or, you know, you can you know turn it on or turn it off. It's part of the editing process. Uh, mm-hmm. Or just let it go and then look at it afterwards and figure out if it's right. Now, most people don't do that because, you know, they're not using a camera in a, in a professional way or for a professional need or, you know, for uh, 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 a utilitarian thing. They're using it just to record what what they experienced, where they went, and who their grandchildren were. Uh, but the the options are also daunting. I mean, you had so many of them. At some point, you have to make a choice. Am I going to use this? Do not use this? Turn it on? Turn it off? Um, and at the same time, all the basics come back to what distinguishes, I think, a practiced image maker, an artist, or a um, from you know an amateur or from just an ordinary. I mean, everything is being photographed. We know that. There are billions of cameras in the world, so there's nothing that goes unrecorded. So again, it's all about selectivity. It's all about archiving and then going through the archiving and understanding how to label it, all those kinds of things. It's just daunting in itself, even if it's your own individual body of work. But the, the old issues of creative art schools of the Bauhaus and Black Mountain College for that matter or any any training school is you know, you gotta learn what composition is, you gotta learn what color is, you have to learn what movement and time and space relationships that you're dealing with. And then you have to have underneath that a kind of humanist background that allows you to apply those things to, to developing a body of work. And then lastly, you've got to simply practice. You've got to practice all the time. And, right. you know, in a way, people just taking pictures, they're not really practicing those other things, those other things that determine the organization of the picture as a creative gesture. Mm-hmm. Um, I often quote, I'll quote, uh, think about and tell students about uh, a famous thing that happened to uh, Pablo Casals, who had a wonderful festival before he died in Puerto Rico, and he performed, and one of the supporters, a woman, came up to him afterwards and said, Maestro, the cello is effortless in your hand. And he got very angry with her, and he said, Madam, you don't see me practicing eight hours every day. It is not effortless. <laughs> and uh, I think people forget that artists, photographers, sculptors, whatever, musicians, they have to get up in the morning and go to work and practice. <laughs> and and uh, that becomes a very stark realization, I think, to many young art students. They sort of think, oh, I'll have a eureka and I'll just do this. It doesn't quite work that way. Right, but it often appears to be that way. I do share that view. Yeah, it often appears that way. You see it, and, you know, at, at first blush, it's, yeah, a, a young artist could analyze a current artist as, well, that, that 
you know, yeah. I see what's happening there. That's something yeah. that's accessible now without, without seeing all the practice, as you're saying. Right. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I want to ask you one more question. What are you reading at the moment, just out of curiosity? Um, the, the David Bright from, from Yale, um, Frederick Douglass, biography of Frederick, Frederick Douglass. I've been reading it for a long time. I have to say it's a big mm-hmm. book. But I've gone back and thinking of, I, I, I just contradicted myself, and I'm just, I, I would like to actually go photograph sites dealing with Frederick Douglass. And I actually went to Washington, D.C. and looked at several this summer to see if there was something to do. So I'm actually not totally free of doing a project, but uh, I'm very moved by that book, the scholarship of Frederick Douglass's life is so remarkable, and all the things that he spoke of and wrote about and stood for are so prescient today. I mean, I just, uh, you know, like today when we're in a very cold civil war, uh, and mm-hmm. as divided as we probably were in 1858, 59, and please God, it doesn't get hot. <laughs> right. Um, well, Charles, and, uh, thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.